In this episode, I talk to Rich Stone about attitude, effort, and putting others first. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo. Uh, you can find more about what we're doing at millennialmomentum.net. You can find me on social at Tommy Tahoe on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Hit me up. Uh, would love to hear what you think of the show. This is a personal development show for millennials. So if you're new to the show, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to get to the next phase in life, uh, make more money, get the promotion, get in better shape, whatever it may be, um, I'm here to help with that. I'm on the path as well. I'm bringing in guests that can help that are experts in the field. I'm reading books and breaking, dropping knowledge on uh, what successful people have done in the past. So I'm by no means an expert, but I appreciate you showing up, taking your time and working on yourself, right? There's a really big factor of Spending time to work on yourself uh, every single day, whether it's for five minutes or whether it's for five hours, and you're reading or you're listening to a podcast. So give yourself a pat on the back. Thank yourself for making yourself a little bit better today. Um, today's show is awesome. I've got my brother, Rich Stone. Um, he is the vice president of sales at Tech Target. He is also, was also the first ever guest of this podcast. You can go back to episode numero uno. To learn more about his background, his philosophy on attitude, effort, and we just really stack up on that this week. I mean, we talk about that. We talk about uh, playing the long game, um, focusing on others first, um, not jumping to the next company, the next flashy thing, and really putting in time with the company you're at or the people you're with or whatever you're focused on at the time and, and really focusing on goal setting. So this one is awesome. Um, he drops a ton of knowledge and he's here to fire you up and get you going for your week. So without further ado, let's just get right on into it with me and Rich Stone. Enjoy.
Boom. We are back. Tom and Rich, episode one, now episode 115. Let's go. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy Friday. We're here early morning, getting after it. The moment uh, kind of struck me last night, shot Rich a text, and uh, wanted to get back in the booth, start talking. We've got the last day of June, the last day um, yeah, of the month, of the quarter, first half of the year. It's kind of a clean cutoff point, so... Let's just let's just chat, man. How's it going? Good, man. It's good to be back, Tommy Tahoe. Things have definitely evolved with the podcast since since we were last in the uh, the common area of Strata in Mission Bay. Yeah, how crazy was that? Me and Warner came <laughs> over with a six pack of grapefruit sculptures, yep. a couple couple mics, and just ripped it. Just ripped it for an hour. Yeah, the audio quality probably wasn't great. No, it wasn't. But the quality, the the content was good. I would have to agree with that, and that was definitely a good time. And Ryan Warner, if you're listening out there, we miss you today, bud. Yeah, he's he's definitely listening. He's got FOMO right now. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, um, you know, one thing that we you I mean, we talk about all the time, and that you talked about um, on the first episode was just your mantra of attitude and effort, and how that you know kind of came to be, and, and how you use that, like. For the people out there, I think I know the answer, but like that's remained constant. Like that is still kind of your go-to and what you try to embody and what you try to teach other people, and that's kind of like your driving force. Definitely, yeah. So, I mean, you and I are in the same here, and I, I think really anyone who wants to be successful and positively impact those around them, whether it be uh, colleagues or customers, friends, family – those are really two things that we can all control, right? If you, above all else, have a positive attitude and put in maximum effort for that day and any given day, uh, again, you're not, you're not going to really have 110% every day, but whatever that 110%, yeah. especially on those days you're not feeling it, just give your best for that day. And if you do those two things, I think... I truly believe that anything and everything else will really fall into place. And it's something that we obviously talk about uh, with the sales team yeah. relentlessly. Um, I would say that folks understand the impact of that because anytime you see a lapse in one or the other, yeah, uh, it can really, the, the results will show. Um, so it's important just to keep a constant uh, eye on those things. And again, none of us are perfect. We're not going to have perfect days. We're all going to have days where we're, you know, having a bad day, we're pissed off, yeah. you know, we're tired, we're hungover, or whatever it may be, but yeah. you got to kind of fight through that and do the best that you can on that day. And I think everything else will kind of fall into place from there. Yeah. So let's talk about that from a team dynamic too. Like how tough, you know, for a lot of the listeners know, like, you know, I'm about six months into my first leadership gig and you've been at it for about two and a half years now. So I mean, let's talk about how tough it is to get other people on board on that or how not tough it is, in your opinion, to get everyone on that same kind of train going in the same direction. Yeah, I definitely think it's a moving target. Yeah, I think it's something you have to constantly keep a pulse on. Um, and I really do think it starts with leadership, too. Yeah. And we were actually talking about this yesterday, you know, do as I do, not as I say. <laughs> so if you and I are just constantly beating our chest and talking about it, you better work hard and you better uh, ha be positive, but then we're 
being fired up and yelling and swearing at people all the time. Right. And we're, you know, working three, four hour work days. <laughs> people are going to look at us be like, all right, if. Where's the attitude now? Yeah, right. You know? If Tom and Rich aren't doing it, why why would we do it? So I think it really does start with us, which is important. So if folks see that the leadership is, is doing the right things and, and again, we're not perfect. Me especially, I'll have days where you know I'm I'm off or whatever, and we're all this and we're all human. But just knowing you you you're constantly putting an effort there, and they see that, it's definitely contagious, yeah. and I can see it in the team, um, the the mood for us heading into the second half is suit is the highest it's been all year. Um, you know, recap from last year, our team had an insane. Uh, 2018. Yeah. Insane. So um, everyone was super fired up about 2018. Everyone was riding high, came into 2019, and big, big numbers staring you in the face yeah. and getting hit with some adversity early across the team. And so it kind of sets you back, and you have to be able to have the tenacity to fight through that. Uh, and I, I think we've we've shown that especially in the past uh, month or so, we kind of let it hit us in the face and now we're, we're bouncing back and the mood across the team is as high as it's ever been. And that's something that you have to be able to deal with, the ebb and flow, especially in, in sales. And we've talked about this over the years. You're never gonna always be riding high, um, killing it, having crushing your numbers, right. closing every deal, getting prospects to get back to you every single day. You're going to have those times where they're going to test your character. They're going to check your ego. Yeah. And it happens to me daily. Right. It happens to all of us. So I think it's important to be able to ride through that adversity and fight through it. And that's what really makes long-standing, um, successful people over the long game. And I, your post from this week absolutely Long nailed game, it baby. i love love that post and for those of you listeners out there that haven't checked out tom's post uh on the long game check it out it's it really it's so true and the the same really holds true for anything um don't play the instant gratification game yeah it's nice to have a quick surge of a gratification or a win that's quick that's great we all love those bluebirds in life and in sales yeah but that's not really what's going to make you strong and better off in the long run. Right. It's it's really that deal that you thought you were going to close. It was a six, seven-figure deal, depending on what role you're in at the sales org that you're working for, that you find out you lost and yeah. you didn't see it coming. And then it's those people that can take that as a learning experience, yeah. realize what they could have done differently to get out in front of and navigate that situation um, to the best of their ability to, and again, they might not have won that deal, but the next deal that comes up that is the same five, six, uh, five, six, seven figure situation, again, depending on your role, you're going to do those little things, those, those different differentiating factors that you may have not done the first time around when you might've been coasting a little bit yeah. and you're probably going to win that deal. Yeah. And then you'll probably win the next one. And then three, five, seven years from now, you'll look back and you'll laugh about the deal you lost. Right. And you'll really laugh about the other 10, 20, 30 massive deals that you won over the course of your career. So uh, that's something that 
you only know from experience in doing so. And a lot of the reps that we have are so young, as you know, um, coming right out of college. And you can only tell reps so much when they're starting out that they're going to be hit with adversity and it's going to be tough and you're going to have to fight through it. But you don't really know what that's like until you're in it. Yeah. And that's a pretty powerful thing. And when you're living in it, you might not even be able to see that you're facing that adversary adversity. You you might not know that your mood's being impacted by it. You might not know that it's really changing your your attitude or your effort or both. But it's important to be able to detach from the situation and say, Hey, all right, I miss my Q one number. Right. Um, my pipeline doesn't look great. Yeah. My boss is giving me shit for my activities, yeah. right? My sales force, I'm not updating it every week. All the stuff that we as sales leaders have to harp on with the team. Right. If you're in that individual contributor sales role, you have to be like, all right, you know, I, I, I get that I'm not, I'm not doing the little things right now that I could be doing. And other than getting discouraged and beating yourself up and, and continuing that, that path, just reset, and again, do a little bit better every day, 1% better every day, and then that's all you can really do and, and just focus on the here and now. And if you do that time and time again over the long term, long game. In, in the end, you'll be good. Right. Right? So it's not the instant wins. It's not what you're doing every day for that day. It's what you, the little things you do every single day, every week, every month consistently to your best of your ability that's going to help really make an impact on your life your family's life, your friend's life over the next three, five, seven, 10, 15, and 20 years. Yeah, so I want to put a pin in the long game because I, I have some questions, but you talked about the team last year, killing it this year, had a, you know, a slow start, faced some adversity as, as that happens. So now that I'm in the professional world, I have so much more respect for um, you know, sports teams like the Patriots or you know, what the Warriors have, have been doing. Or companies that have been, you know, thriving for 10, 20, 30 years and are always seem to be on the uptick, or even people, you know, actors, musicians that just keep doing it again and again. And it's really tough to do. It's tough to match that record or that, you know, number one album with another one. I'm listening to Keith Richards' uh, book right now, Lead Guitars for the Rolling Stones, because I'm going to see them uh, in a few months. And he just talks about, like, they na- like they randomly nailed their first hit, which was Satisfaction, and then they're like the record company was like, all right, once a month you got to come out with the number one song. You're like shit. So like, how do you like going back on that now? Like thinking back, like what would you have changed, uh, if anything, to start off this year? Like, would you have had a different approach? Would you have taken more time or less time or like kept the momentum or you reset or like how do you or or is it just part of the ebbs and flows and you got to like fight against it? Wow. So something that I consciously did this year was knowing that we were riding so high and had such tremendous success last year. I was pretty proactive in letting people know that they couldn't rest on their laurels. They had to continue to get after it. Yeah. They had to not just be happy with that performance. Um, And so that was my approach. Was it the best approach in hindsight? I don't know. Yeah. What could I have done differently? Um, it's hard to say. Yeah. Because you know hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but 
I think that things happen and, and they ebb and flow. And back to what we were talking about when we first kicked things off, the, the only two things we can all control are our attitude and our effort. So if we do those two things, we'll be okay. And I think any one approach you can have or any one deal that slips or um, any one change or any, any little piece of adversity that we face, we have to be able to navigate those situations. And in sales, just like in life, it, there will be ebbs and flows. Yeah. You'll have a tough month. You'll have a tough quarter. You'll have a tough first half. Right. And I've seen it happen time and time and time again to colleagues, to people who have won sales rep of the year, people who have won sales leader of the year, people who have sold tens of millions of dollars in their careers. Yeah. So I think it's really just part of, part of the gig. And I think those reps who have those long, tenured, super successful careers where they're happy and they're fulfilled and they make a lot of money, they're the ones who can deal with that adversity. So, well, I don't know what we could have done differently or what I could have done differently to um, really crush the first half of the year. Right. I, uh, I do know that what we're doing now is what we need to be doing, right? Um, which is most important. And and I would say that we're not out of the fight yet. Right. We're in the fight. Right. You know, we barely we barely missed uh, as a as a team. Tech Target as a company is crushing it. So uh, kudos to our colleagues in the other offices across the globe. You guys are killing it. But yeah, we barely missed Q1. Uh, we're we're close on Q2. Right. So and again, this is coming from being. 150% the goal last year. Right. So that's what we're comparing ourselves to. To your point, you know, we're the Pats. We just won the Super Bowl. If we get bounced in the AFC Championship, we're not going to be too fired up about that. Right. But you have to take a step back and say, all right, we're doing what we can do. Yeah. You can only control the here and now. We're going to keep fighting. We're not out of the fight yet. And I am, as you are, super bullish on the second half. And I know that, again, if we control our attitude and efforts, we're going to kill it. So let's, let's you, you brought up Tech Target as a whole. Um, so I'm I'm curious because I think this is an important um, thought that you have that I think a lot of people my age don't necessarily think about. Whether you're in sales or you know some other role or maybe you're in leadership, you, you might start to think more about this. But thinking about um, and in the long term, like the business that you're at as a whole versus just your one small piece of it. Right, and, and trying to see yourself as part of that bigger picture. Like when I think about the long game, the people that play it well are the people that are not, as I wrote about, like are not jumping jobs every nine months because you're going to get $5,000 more, but it's finding the right place, sticking with it in the long term, helping, you know, like the rising tide lifts all ships type of mentality. So that's something that you seem to embody uh, pretty well. And I don't know if it was natural or if someone kind of told you about that when you were younger. Yeah, I I could not agree more with you. And the book you actually gave me last week talks a lot about that. Trillion dollar code. Yeah. So thanks for that. I'm not done with it yet, but I was um I was getting after that. Shout out to Tom Jr. for the for that book. Tom Jr. <laughs> my man. Yeah, so I'm loving that and he talks a lot about that. And I, so I think that's a two-way street. And to answer your question, that's something that our sales leadership has always said to me right. coming up. 
And that's something that, you know, my mentor, my uncle has told me um, from jump since I was, you know, high school kid, middle school even. You, you have to have skin in the game as an individual contributor, as a rep, as a leader, whatever it may be. Right. You, you are a company person. <clears throat> You're there to get after it and make sure that company continues to grow revenues and capture market share, right? right? You're increasing productivity. You're trying to find and un- unveil net new revenue streams and grow the ones that you already have. That's what you're trying to do as a salesperson or as a sales leader. Right. You care about the company's success because the company's success is your success. And that's something that you know Steve Nemec has said countless times. Right. You know, the rising tide rises all ships in the harbor, right? So if we're if we're taking that approach as a rep, so say you're a sales rep, individual contributor, and you have that mindset, sales leadership will identify that. Right. Right? So myself, you, Steve, Mike, our CEO, like we identify that and we find people who have that mentality and we invest in them. Yeah. Right? We invest in them with opportunities and we invest in them financially. So it's really a two-way street. So if everyone has skin in the game, we are all marching towards that common goal, right, of making Tech Target the most successful company that we can day in, day out, fighting for that. And we all are on the same page there. That's when you build world-class companies. Yeah. And that's when you build individual wealth for you and your family as that individual sales rep. And so when you're just starting out and get out, getting out of college, you, you may not, as a millennial, see that. You might see there's this cool startup over here or there's this cool company over here that has, you know, great snacks and a great ping pong table. Yeah, ping pong tables, kombucha. They got, you know, really cool culture and they got cool hoodies and T-shirts. But when you're 30, when you're 35, when you're 40, none of that shit's going to matter. Yeah. What's going to matter is that you invested your time, your energy, and you relentlessly tried to contribute to the company that you work at, right? And we're lucky because the company we both started at right out of college has best-in-class products and best-in-class leadership, right? Right. So the people and the products, uh, second to none. So we're lucky that we landed where we we did. So I I would say for the listeners out there that if you find yourself in a company that you believe in the product and the people, right? The leadership. Yeah. Dive in. Right. And don't don't assume the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. Because if if those two things are there, invest your time there, right? And when we say the long game, you know, make make a conscious effort. Don't have a 18 month timeline to look for your next gig to get a 10 or 15k pay raise. Right. Right? In the long term, that 10 or 15K pay raise may cost you much more than you'll ever be aware of. If you if you had totally bought in and totally did everything you could do to make that company successful while you were there, you'd be surprised the opportunities you'll be granted. As you know, Tom, I mean, you, you became a sales leader by, by the age of 25, right. right? So that's a great example of we see someone who sees that long game, yeah. who has bought in to the to the company goals and is, has done everything he can to, to really get after it and grow the organization. We identify that early and we want to invest in you. And that's why you're, you know, one of the youngest sales leaders in tech target history. 
if not the youngest. And that's that's what we do here. And I think any organization that is successful uh, takes a similar approach, and I think it's important. Yeah, and that's not to say that you have your first job out of college and you should 100% stick there for 10 years because your first job's your first job, and like it's, it's really a crapshoot. You could end up anywhere doing anything. You have no idea when you get into the job force. But it's I agree with, like, Take a, you know, take a step back, think about the product. Are you, is your product the best or striving to be the best in that industry as big or small the industry can be? Like, is it the Coca-Cola or even if it's a niche market, is it one of the best? And the people, not just like your buddy at work that sits next to you, but like the people that are running the show, do you trust them? You know, would you feel comfortable introducing them to your mom, you know, or your dad or your grandparents or something like that? And, um, you know, do you think that they're stand-up people? And, like, that says something. And there's a, like, there's a lot of those companies out there. Uh, it's not like it's, you know, one in a trillion. There's only one company in the whole world, and, and it's different for everyone on what that feel is. But I think finding that organization and finding that team, just like how someone might take a pay cut to come play for the Patriots. Yeah. Or they might be the, you know, the backup running back because they want to be part of a great team. Um, that's something that if you can take your ego out of play and focus on the bigger picture, it, it's not natural um, unless maybe you were an athlete and you weren't the best athlete or you were on a really good team. Um, but it's something that I think can really kind of take you. That's like a 2.0, 3.0 type of move. Yeah, and to add to that, if you're a young millennial that just got into the workforce and you don't believe in your leadership yeah. or your products – Go work somewhere else. Yeah. Because if you don't believe in those two things, you're not going to fully buy into the company you're at. And, you, and you'll limit yourself and your potential. So I take it, have a serious conversation with yourself and make sure that you're at a place where you believe in those two things. Then once you are, get after it and buy in. Yeah. And you'll be successful. So we're, we're talking about long-term games and, um, you know, you're someone that I see takes, you know, the long-term game. We're talking about a tech target, um, you know, the bucket of like health and wellness. You know, you take care of yourself. You know, you got, you know, wife and, and two young kids, and you know, there's a few other things I'm sure that you you might place in some of those buckets too. Maybe learning. Um, what? How do you do the your goal setting or your future planning? Like we're at a we're at a, a pretty clean break in the middle of the year where it's a good, and you got the holiday coming this week where it's kind of a good time to reflect and maybe tweak some of the things you're going towards to the back half of the year. But I'm curious for you, like, how do you treat um, the shorter term, like what's going to happen the next six months versus also, you know, 10 years from now and everything in between? Like, how do you, do you write it down? Do you think about it? Do you talk about it with people? Or is it just like you're kind of just going, you know generally what your your North Star is and you're just kind of going for it? Yeah. So that's an important topic and one that we pay pretty close attention to. Yeah. And this is an exercise we, we do with every rep Yeah. when they're starting on our team. Yeah. And I borrowed it, the, the concept of it, from a couple places, Warren Buffett being the primary source of it. Good person to start yeah. with the Yeah. And um, this is something he does with every – Berkshire hire uh, or did do um, previously. So when we have a new rep come in, we have them sit down and think of their top 25 goals that they have. Yeah. 
And these goals can be six inches in front of their face. It can be goals over the next six, 12, 18, 24 months. Yeah. Right? So, for example, six inches in front of my face, like, hey, I want to book five meetings a week right. for the first quarter that I'm in my role yep. as an STR. Right? Or it can be, I want to hit my quota for the year, an obvious one. Or I want to pay off my student loans inside of three years. Big one. Right? But I also, I also challenge the reps to think bigger picture. Right? Ten years from now, I want to have X role. Right? I want to be at this place in my life. Yeah. Um, 20 years from now, I want to own a golf course in my hometown. Right. I want to own a restaurant at the place I, I went to when I was a kid in yeah. the summers with my family. Um, you know, I want to be part owner of a sports team. Yeah. Whatever it may be. These are things that I challenge the reps to have a serious look inward and really think about that. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty awesome exercise to do because when you're 22, 23, you may have not thought about that. You may, maybe you have if you're an outlier. Yeah, you um, probably haven't written it down. Yeah, so I think it's a great exercise. And then um, the Warren Buffett angle of it is we then highlight the five low-hanging fruit goals that you can focus on in the here and now. Yeah. And... And then I have the reps really try to track those goals in the short term. And then once you hit those goals, you can move on to the next five goals. Right. So that's something we do to kick off every year. And then we we revisit at the close of the year and then we reset. Yep. Right. So if you're crushing your goals and your goal is to, you know, hit 150% the goal, win sales rep of the year, get promoted to sales manager, uh, pay off my student loans. and. We've had reps on our team that have accomplished all those goals this year th- right. in the past 12 months. They're going to check that goal off. The next goal is going to be something that was on the list before that. And right. it, it might be a personal goal, right? It might be pass my yoga certification or run a 10K or do a triathlon yeah. or you know read a book a month for 12 months, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think it's important to have those goals. And again, the... The end goal is that long term, right? Because if you do all those little things on a day day to day basis, and mm-hmm. you're checking off your the goals that are six inches in front of your face, and then a month out, a quarter out, six months out, a year out, you'll look up five years from now, and you'll be like, "Holy shit, I accomplished a lot in these five years." Yeah. So that's something I do personally. You uh, do that twenty five and five. Yeah, so? I do that personally, and I reset it every year. Okay. And I look at it. And so for me, and you mentioned the buckets, it'll be um, work stuff for the team first now in my gig, uh, and then myself too as as the team as a whole. Um, And then I'll have fitness goals for myself, whether given, depending on the year, it might be I I try to make gains in a certain area or um, make striving towards something, or it might be just maintaining where I'm at and maintaining consistency. Yeah. and then personal finance goals are a big one for me as well. Yep. So, and for any any millennial out there, it can be milestones, like I said, like paying off your credit card debt, paying off your student loans. Yep. Um, 401k. Yeah, and maxing yeah. out your 401k yeah. so that you get the, the tax-free income on that. That's a big one that we have for folks. Get to the point where you don't need that extra cash flow, max out your 401k. Get to the point where you have some extra income to invest. Yeah. 
Yep. Right, your your dollar cost averaging in an index fund. Yep. Um, you get to the point where you you can live by yourself or with your significant other in an apartment versus being in an apartment with several roommates. Yep. You know, ultimately get to a point where you can buy a house. You know, ultimately get to a point where you can buy a vacation house. These are all things that you know that you can look at depending on where you're at in your journey. And so that's something that I encourage the team to do right from jump. Yeah. And I encourage them to be ridiculous. Yeah. And I remember your your goals when you first <laughs> when you first uh, started working for me, they were insane stretch goals, but I loved it. Yeah. You know, I, if I remember, I was like, make a million dollars in a year, make yeah, you know, all this crazy shit. But you'll do it one day. Right. Right. It may not be this year. Right. But you know, um, but we're playing the long game. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you and if you have if you you know if you shoot for the moon, this is pretty corny, but you shoot for the moon, you land amongst the stars. So if you say you want to make a million dollars this year, you know, you might make five hundred. Right. Um, and Andy Frazella is someone we both both listen to, and that's something that he says. He's like, "Hey, if you say you're going to make a hundred grand this year, you know, you might make a hundred grand. But if say you tried to make two fifty, you might make a buck fifty, buck right. seventy five. So just shoot shoot for what you think you could possibly attain in your wildest dreams, and you might surprise yourself. So that's something I press the reps on too. Especially a lot of the reps that we get are are very impressive high achievers because we don't move people out here that aren't that. Right. And they'll come in and they'll say, hey, I want to hit my number, you know, and I I want to I want to be 105% to goal and uh, you know, I, I want to make x you amount of money. That should way higher. I'm like, than that, man. all right. I'm like, you got to push it. You're already at 80% to goal. Right, cuz that's the thing like if you say that that example of 100,000, you might make the 100, you might make 105. But it's not going to push you to make closer to two hundred. Yeah. So you got to set it not to the point where you say, "Hey, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars this year." Like that's just not even anywhere in the ballpark of being close. But like a stretch goal in all those different areas that make you like kind of keep going and keep going, especially on a day like today where it's like it's the last Friday of the quarter of the month. There's a holiday next week. People are taking off early. Like it's just like one of those days. And there's a lot of those days throughout the year if you think about it. And yeah. I think about it a lot because they happen on Fridays. <laughs> Every talk, Friday, baby, let's talk, go. And we talk about creating distance on Fridays. Shout out to Ben Newman. Um, but there's so many of those days that add up throughout the year that if you're not, if you don't have that goal or the day where you wake up, you know, hungover, you only yeah. get five hours of sleep yeah, or yeah. whatever. And like, if you don't have those goals, those are day, it's easy to pack it in. And those say, days add up. I'm going to chalk it up. Those today. days add up yeah. over then, the course of a year. Yeah. Think about how many days. There's only 365 days. So if you say, hey, I'm going to take one day light a week, you know, that's 20% of your of your work days. Or, you know, a few days a month even. That's just, you're you're limiting yourself. Yeah, and, and most of us, myself included, we're not reaching our potential. No. So that's something to think about. And don't beat yourself up over it. Right. But know that you could be working harder. Yeah. You, you could be doing more. Right. You could be more focused. Yeah. You could be more efficient. Yeah. And just look at every day you have and be like, I crushed it today or shit. I I was kind of slacking off mid morning. Yeah. You know, I was I was looking at Instagram when I should have been fucking prospecting. Right. Right. So and we all do it. Um so I think that's something that you can keep a constant gauge of because those days add up. Yeah. And if we're focusing on creating distance, we do that day in and day out, 
those days add up and they make a, a big impact over the long over the long term. Yeah, I was talking with someone on the team yesterday and he pointed me to uh, Tom Brady's. Uh, he had an Instagram story where he had a, a radar gun for him throwing a football and it was like 60 something miles an hour. And he, and he had a quote from Max Kellerman that was like, Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff. And that was like his <laughs> caption. And um, it's like, that's what really gets me going is the people, the, the men and women that are, they've already made it. They've already done it. They've, they're the, the Brady's of the world or they're the Sarah Blakely's of the world or they're the um, you know, Ryan Serhant who like, they've got millions of dollars or they've, they've achieved fame and like, they're doing another thing. Yeah. And you see them launch, you're just like, hey, we're, I'm actually just now doing this new thing, this new venture. Totally. Like, they're just continuing to expand and the expand. Rock and you're like, the Rock is a good example of that. Yeah, he's always got a new shoe a new, launcher yeah. or a new this or a new that. It's like a new movie coming out. It's like, man, like. Hardest working man think, in showbiz. just makes you think like, man, I could be, I can't send a couple more emails, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a, it's a good example of just not resting on your laurels. And that's what separates the mediocre from the ultra successful. Yeah. Because, and, and this is something we can say ourselves, is like, hey, we had a great year last year. Yeah. You know, we had sales leader of the year, a sales rep of the year. Yeah. You know, some of the top performing reps, everyone but one person made Club 101. Yeah. But that's nice. But how about how about this year? What can we do this year and, and to get better on a day-to-day basis, right? If Tom Brady's still getting after it after all these years yeah. in six rings, then, you know, we can get after it too. Yeah. So I want to, um, before I switch gears, I actually, to, just to continue on the goals thread. So is there anything at this cutoff point of, it's interesting, I didn't know that you did the 25 and 5 yourself. Are there any of the goals that you would feel comfortable like sharing that have been particularly tough for you or that you're gearing up more towards for the back half of the year? Or it could be professional or personal on, on any of the, the ventures that, you know, yeah. you're kind of gearing up for? Yeah, so... And like pop- an example, oh, unless you have a, an idea. Yeah, so my, one one goal I had heading into this year was just um, to focus on others first. Mm. And in previous years, <clears throat> after we, I had my daughter, I was trying to get back to me yeah. because I kind of let myself go a little bit and I was kind of slacking off and not working out and the whole thing, so... Um, heading into this year, that was that was my goal more to focus on others. So both personally and professionally. Yep. So that's something I got to constantly navigate. I'm not I'm not great at it. I'm not great at it because I'm a pretty obsessed person, and I'm um, once I do something, I'm all in. Right. And so for me, whether it's you know working out every day or having my weird nuances I have with eating or fasting or whatever it may be. Yeah. uh, trying to do less of that shit and focus more on other people and trying yeah. to make them better. So that's something I battle with every day. Yeah. But it's a balance too because I don't want to let myself get into bad habits because I'm just trying to help other people. Right. So that was kind of one of my goals for this year and So the, how do you do, do you take do you have time? I've seen some people where they have <clears throat> that I follow that have kids and they might run a business or a team yeah. or something where they they give themselves a certain amount of time or a certain time where it's like, all right, this is my me time where I'm going to work out or I'm going to read or I'm going to do this or that. Yeah, yeah. And then like the rest of the day, like, shit, you know, I got to take care of other people. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I, I've um, borrowed this from a lot of other people. Yeah. 
that are, are ultra successful and have to balance things. Yeah. So when I'm at home, I try not to have my phone on mm-hmm. me yeah. as soon as I get in the door. Because yeah. I'm not home that much. Right. Um, especially I, I'm, um, I'm not in the city anymore, so it's not as convenient for me to pop back and forth. Yeah. I'm working longer days in the office most days yeah. unless I'm on the road with one of the reps down, down the peninsula. <laughs> so for me, if I'm at home, I'm at home. Yeah. Right, it's that Jason Kalipa AMRAP mentality. Yeah. So that's something I've been pretty good at. So I don't sit on the phone. I don't sit on the couch when I'm with um, my wife and scroll Instagram yeah. or Twitter right. or respond to emails. Um, I'll 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 definitely have some time, and especially if I have something to do, where after the kids go to bed, I'll pop online and hammer out some stuff if I need to on my laptop. But right. I'm not sitting there for hours. Yeah, and doing that, um, and then I'll check. I'll check my phone after I've spent time hanging out with with Molly or or the kids, but I'll keep my phone in another room. So what I what I normally do is I keep it in my bathroom upstairs in my house, mm. and I don't go up there unless I'm like brushing my teeth or yeah. showering, right? Because right? it's upstairs. Right. So once I come in the house, that's what I'm doing. That's been a big thing for me. Um, I still do my morning routine, which uh, I, I'm dedicated to that. But everyone's sleeping when I'm doing that, so that's me time. Yeah. And then once what like coffee? Yeah, I do. Like yeah, some coffee. Um, the post mm-hmm. Julia did yesterday from yeah. from our team. That's a similar practice that I do that I borrowed from uh, Aubrey Marcus. Okay. And just kind of getting into your body, you know, um, <clears throat> taking some deep breaths for meditation, thinking about what, what motivates you. Usually yeah. it's my kids. Um, and taking some time for myself. Then I'm, then I'm in the car and getting up to the city yeah. to get after it with you guys. And, and then when I'm here in the office, I'm trying to be engaged with the team, focus on the team and, and trying to drive revenue across the organization. Um, and then I'm getting a workout in at some point. You know, Usually I'll, I'll do it in the, the lull of the late afternoon, early evening before I get back in the car to head home. But it depends on the day, right? So every day you kind of have to have a plan um, and you're planning for the week. So as you and I are both a big believer in, we look, we're looking Sunday, right. seeing where I'm at this week. Right. Am I on the road Monday or Wednesday? Yeah. What does my meeting calendar look like? Uh, what days am I going to be in Palo Alto or San Jose these hours? Yeah. You know, When am I going to see my kids? When am I going to be home? When am I going to be with the team? When am I going to work out? I'm planning this stuff for the week. Right. And I put blocks on my calendar for that. And I would rec- I would recommend that everyone do the same because it's never going to be the same schedule every single week, especially for us and what we do for a living. It's a moving target. And if you let that uncertainty or constant change of your schedule like throw you off and throw off your game, it's going to be hard for you. So I think in what we do, it's important to have a constant eye on that and plan ahead, yeah. and that will set you up for success. Yeah, and in terms of uh, putting others first, um, I don't have a wife and kids, so I can't really comment on that, but at least in terms of the leadership aspect professionally, that's been, as someone that is a driven, or has been a driven individual contributor, that was that um, was one of the top two toughest things to get used to and still is. Of, you know, you want to get in and like get after it and get things done. And you can do that to an extent, but at the same time, like your time is also very well spent, like just listening to someone talk for 45 minutes about a personal issue where you don't, 
view that as being productive, you know, like in your, fo- like what you would do. But with, like with your to-do you, list or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah like <laughs> knocking things off <laughs> yeah. and like sending emails and making calls. But like sometimes you need to do that to help make that person productive, which makes the team productive. You yeah. know, it's like I, I bring it back to sports because that's just what I know and I think it's very relevant. It's like could Tom Brady work on his throw all day long and his different workouts and eating right? Yeah, but he also needs to sit down with the rookie receiver and like walk him through things for an hour and like help him <laughs> – you know, go, get through the playbook and all the, you know, watch tape and all that stuff, which that doesn't really help him, but it helps his receiver, which ultimately helps the team. You know, that that's the type of stuff that, like, really is not instinctual that you've had to learn. Yeah, that's next level shit. Yeah. And something I constantly have to keep a pulse on. Yeah. And it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Especially as sales leaders, most sales leadership folks were good individual contributors. Yeah. Or the best individual contributors, right. typically. Yeah. So if you're used to just getting after it, crushing your to-do list, doing everything the be- to your best of your ability every day, and nailing your follow-ups, you know, being relentless in your pursuit of getting after new deals, all that good stuff, and then you get into a leadership position and your job is to try to inspire others to do that, yeah. maybe in their own style, maybe differently than you would, um, that's that's hard because you just want to come in here early and start knocking off things on your to-do list. Yeah. But to your point, you have to make time for the reps on the team to make sure you're enabling them to do that in their own way right. and encouraging them to get 1% better every day. But you can only encourage people. They have to kind of have it within themselves to want that as well. Right. And we're lucky because we have we have reps on the team who, who want to do that. But it's just helping them get there right. um, from your experiences or from experience of from your experiences of others that you've seen do it because everyone has their own style everyone has their own different uh, ways that they do things right. you know not everyone's gonna be like you Tom right right and that's something you learn early in sales leadership is not everyone does things the way that you do them that's the other, that was probably the other of the top two toughest things is like not everyone works the same, has the same drive, the same goals. Same process, same, yeah, same mindset. Everyone's completely different. Yeah, and, and we're, all, we're all similar in that we're salespeople. Yeah. But everybody's different. So you, you as a leader, you need to be cognizant of that and identify where people are at and then enable them to get 1% better every day yeah. by staying engaged with what they're doing and, and – Again, trying to be positive with what they're doing, encouraging them, but also, you know, you got to beat them up sometimes to have those hard conversations. Yeah. So I think that's another hard part about being a new sales leader yeah. is balancing that. Right. Balancing having those hard conversations with not trying to be negative and beating people up. Right. You know, you, you got to kind of find a balance there. Yeah. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and good vibes all the time. Yeah. Ideally, that's what we want. And if we're all crushing it, that's what it is. Right. But, but that's not. If you're yeah. missing your XYZ metrics that you need to hit on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, we need to change some behavior. Right. So as a sales leader, especially a young sales leader, that's the hardest part is balancing that. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, I, I've been doing this job, like you said, two and a half years now. Something I constantly battle with yeah. because you have to keep a keep a steady gauge on it. And otherwise, if you go too far one way or the other, Right, you might see some reps kind of start to falter, or they might start to become disengaged with what they're doing, or yeah. they might start to be bummed out because they're not doing well. 
So you got to kind of keep a constant meter of that. Yeah. And it's hard because every rep is so different. And just having a pulse of that across the team is very important. So I want to make a pivot here to something that um, – like when I talked to, you know, we, you brought up Warner at the beginning of the, of the, the interview here. And uh, whenever I see him and we're, we're shooting the shit and we're talking about Tech Target and you might come up. And he always brings it up, or maybe not always, but, but several times brought it up, like your confidence. Like when you go into, you know, when we're doing a, a Spartan race or something or when you're going into a meeting or even when we're just sitting here, like you just have a loose mentality you got the the slicked back hair and the Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> and you're walking in, and like, whenever we're walking in somewhere, it's just like there's a the aura of confidence. Um, so, how how do you maintain that? I think part of that, what I've learned is that confidence, at least in my opinion, I took this from someone, is that it's three parts: it's uh, your past experience, the prep that you do, and what you te- what you say to yourself. So it's like, have I done this before? Like. Am I confident that I can do it? Um, did I prepare enough that like I can, you know, if it's a race or if it's a sales meeting, like I'm going to be on my shit? And then it's like, do I? Am I telling myself I can do it? Um, but that's what I think. Like, what do? You, what's your take on it? Yeah, when it comes to confidence, the work comes before the belief. Mm. So I think Andy Frazella is the one who yeah. coined that. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've believed in my whole life. Yeah. So and you always talk about sports, and I'm the same way. If you know, I wrestled in high school as did Warner. Yeah. And uh, if you got after it, trained your ass off, you made weight early, you know, you put in the time, you got in your drills, you you sparred, you conditioned, you got after it. When you're walking in the ring, you know you're gonna have your hand raised. Right. You know it. Yeah. And that's the mentality I always had because I worked harder, and I I knew that I was tougher than that other guy. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't. Maybe he was more skilled than I was, and that happened a lot for me. But I had the belief that I was tougher than they were. Yeah. I had the belief that I was grittier, and I, you know, I was more relentless than they were. And I, you know, I would do whatever it would take to <laughs> to, to win. And so, for me, the same holds true in life today in what we do. Yeah. Um. So as a rep, you know, you're confident because you put the work in. Right. You know, as a young rep, for me, my my big thing was that I would never let anyone outwork me. Yeah. And that was something that I was taught um, by my mentor, again, at an early age and by my by my dad and my mom from a young age. Just be relentless and work your ass off and good things will happen. Yeah. Make your own luck. So I think if you do that in any aspect of your life and you have the confidence to know you're getting after it, we all know what that feels like yeah. when you're working hard and you know, you may be going to the gym or you may be getting up earlier than you usually get up. And, yeah. you know, you walk with a little a little giddy up in your step and you yeah. have a little swagger. Yeah. So if you live your life like that, you're going to fucking win. <laughs> yeah. Period. Right. So it's it's just confidence. It's quiet confidence, but it's just something that you, you have. But you can you can you can earn it by the work that you put in. Yeah. And then when. And I made a post about this on Instagram earlier this year. When you start to see the results of the work you put in over the years, yeah, that just helps reinforce that confidence you have. Yeah. And so I talked about this in our first podcast that we we had. Just think about those wins you had or those moments where you felt proud yeah. 
Yeah. And it could be the it could be anything, right? From a past accomplishment in sports or from school or from, you know, sales, that first deal you closed, yeah. or that first time a customer said they'd take a meeting with you. Yeah. Think about that. Be like, I can do this. I've done this before. Um, and just take that and lead that little win into the next day. Right. And then pile up those little wins and then you become a winner. And that just comes from within. And so the work comes before the belief and that's how you, you build confidence. Yeah, and like that so that that goes into you know, the way that you hold yourself in a meeting or um you know, just thinking about like the one thing that I think that you um do better than than most people that I know is the connections that you have and building relationships with people. And, and part of that, again, is go back into like, I'm confident with who I am and myself and that I can hold a conversation, make a connection with someone and, and things like that. So like, when you think about how you've been doing that for 10, 11 years now, and maybe you were doing it in college, uh, you know, with friends or, or, you know, in some other clubs or teams, things like that. Um, what percentage of that is natural to you? Like, I just love being around people and I love meeting people versus like, this is part of my goal. I want to provide a great life for my family. I want to be successful. So I don't care if I want to go get tacos with this guy that's been a customer for eight years. I'm going to fuck. I'm going to go out there. Yeah. Like, I, I want to go to sleep, but I'm going to go meet this guy for 30 minutes because yeah. that's what I need to do. I For me personally, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So I definitely have have that kind of God-given ability to connect with people. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who who does well in sales has a little bit of that. Yeah. But a lot of it is is um, based off of working on it. Yeah. Because, again, a lot of times you don't want to do these things. But I, I do think it really comes from it's not – you don't have to be an extrovert and you don't have to be the life of the party or anything like that because I'm not that. Right. Um, you know, I, I do have a little bit of that. But I think – it's, it comes from caring for other people mm. and having um, a genuine interest in other people yep. and caring about their livelihood and well-being and having a connection with people and having that be authentic. Right. Because anytime I build relationships with people, it's it, I don't fake it. Yeah. Um, you do have to work on it, right? It's just like being married or you got to work on your marriage, right? It's just having friends or colleagues or people you've sold to for the past 10 years. Yeah. You got to work on it. Yeah. But it starts from caring for that other person, wanting them to be successful and that having that relationship to be mutually beneficial um, and just caring, right? And then from there, just making an effort, showing that you care yeah. and doing the right thing. So and this this comes up in meetings all the time and I, I truly believe this when someone that I haven't worked with before is on the fence about partnering with us or might not be confident in what we're trying to suggest um, that they purchase for a solution. Yeah. And I can honestly say that, Hey, like take it from me. Like you don't know me, but you will. And we're looking to make the best recommendation for what you're looking to accomplish. Right. And we're not in this for the quick win. Right. We don't want to sell you a deal for a quarter. Right. Like I get no benefit from that. Personally, I want you to be a customer for the next 10 years and I want you to call me at the next three, five, seven companies that you go to, right? Asking how we can partner together. Right. And it's what happens because we care about people. Yeah. We genuinely want people to succeed that we work with. We want to make a positive impact on others and we do the right thing. 
Like you can't, especially in what we do in this industry, yeah. right? In this area, you cannot do the wrong thing. You cannot burn bridges because yeah. you'll be yeah. fucked. Because yeah. word will spread fast. It's a small industry. So if you have a reputation for doing the right thing and doing right by others, yeah. you know, and again, it's mutually beneficial. So we do it to make tech targets successful. Yep. But at the same time, any company that we, we work with, I want them to crush it. I want them to have a successful exit. I want everyone, any one of our customers to, you know, get rich. I want them to have a super successful and happy life. And I truly do want that for them. Yeah. And I really want that for anybody around me right. who's working hard and doing the right things and who has a good attitude. And so I think it comes from wanting that for everyone. It's not a zero sum game. Right. So, yeah. which is great. Um, and that book that you gave me talks a lot about that too. Yeah. And business is not a zero sum game. Yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah. So the more we lift up others around us and the same goal holds true for our team and sales leadership and our company, but also our partners and customers, you know, there will be winners and losers on any given day. And you might have someone who wins a deal or loses a deal. But again, at the end, at the end of the day where we can all win together. Yeah. So that's kind of the mentality to take. And if you do that and people identify that, they'll believe in what you're about and they'll want to be around you. That's infectious. And that <clears throat> is a good way to kind of close it out as we're going back to the first things that we talked about of the long game and, you know, surrounding yourself with people that care about others. And that was something that, um, you know, my grandfather was in town last weekend and we were talking about where I work and we we're talking about um, our CEO, Mike, who is really the only person off the top of my head that would rival you in the area of building relationships. Um, and he asked why, and my grandfather asked why, I, you know, I'm working here and why I like it. And I said, when I was an intern, I went to his office unannounced and we ended up talking for like an hour. And when I see him, he brings up things that we talked about five years ago about, you know, I said that, you know, uh, I'm close to my family and I want to be in leadership and I did this and my dad lives here and my mom's in here and, you know, my sister's a teacher and he remembers that. And, um, you know, you do the same thing with, with people and it's impressive and it's, it's you know, whether you write it down or you, you remember it or I think you have to actually care to, to really remember what people say and, and think. But it's the long game. It's thinking about not that one deal you're going to get or what's my paycheck going to be next month, but it's like, we're going to be on this planet for a long time. You know, God, you know, God knock willing. on wood. Um, you know, we could be here another 60, 70, 80, 90 years. And so you want to set yourself up for the future. And that comes from the attitude, the work ethic, treating people well, playing the long game, um, surrounding yourself with great people. So um, that's that's all I've got. I don't know if you have any other, other messages and you know, where can we find you? LinkedIn, Instagram. Yeah, that's it, man. Twitter. You nailed it. Attitude is everything. Be a good person. Yep. That's all you need to do. Yeah, you, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at rstone57. Same on Instagram, and I'm on LinkedIn, too. So, yeah, hit me up. Let's, let's connect. Hit him up. All right, Rich. That's it, brother. Thanks, Tommy Tahoe. Peace.